What up, Oasis people? Welcome back. We're so glad that you're here. We've got a hopefully awesome podcast for you. Um, I should have worn a beanie today. Couple beanie, couple beanie boys. Beanie boys. boys. <laughs> Not beanie babies. Beanie babies. <laughs> no, beanie boys. No, no. Beanie men. Beanie I men. like beanie babies. <laughs> beanie men of God. We do not claim beanie beanie babies. Um, Thai company, please don't don't sue us. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be tough. That'd be tough. First, we're copyright oh, copyright so all funny. over Spotify. Yep. Then we're in trouble with the Super Bowl and we're gonna get taken down. Yeah. Right. Hashtag we got canceled. copyrighted on Spotify? No. Oh. But when we did the wrapped thing, I was like, oh. this feels illegal. <laughs> this feels like, yeah. <laughs> but I only well, now copied we're their brain it, guide. Like we just said yeah. it, so. Well, yeah, totally. If they come at us, I don't have any excuse. Like, <laughs> when, when we did it, I knew it felt kind of bad, but I was willing we to do it. We just accidentally stumbled into the idea that was kind oh of our goodness. own. Some people For don't even those, know what we're yeah, talking about. Yeah, they don't know what yeah. we're so, talking about. Ignore it. Let's keep rolling. <laughs> First of all, this is our second podcast back of the year. And last week, we didn't even introduce really? ourselves Mm-mm. for all the new people. Yes, that's good. I totally I listened to a little bit of it, and I thought the same thing. Yep. Wow. So I'm Dylan. <laughs> On my left. Uh, Brennan, nice to meet you. On my farther left. Here. Jaina, hey. Nice to meet y'all. So we're here. here. We're doing it. Should we tell them our titles? Does that help to oh. understand who we are? Why we sit at the table? Uh, sure, you can. Oh, okay. Jaina? Okay. I'm the student ministry pastor, but I also am the worship pastor for Oasis. College young adult guy, so this is what I do. Young adult and creative, so I do all of it. There you go. Woo! All right, let's start this thing. All right, so we are hitting the topic, how do we experience change? Now, the first question, of course, a hot one, is what is one thing that you're never going to change? Mine? You you all better be ready for this. Oh, boy. But the one thing I never will change is the BK current jingle. The Whopper (laughs) jingle. Can we get the taste of that? It's like whopper, 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 junior, double, triple, whopper, bum, 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 BK, have it your way. We're going to get copyrighted and, for that. Yeah, right? I should. I mean, it's literally <laughs> masterful. Yes. And so how often has this caused you to go to Burger King? Zero times. Okay. <laughs> but, but they're getting a lot of talk. It so. absolutely lives in my head 100% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I woke up this morning and I don't know why. <laughs> But one of my first thoughts of the day was whopper, 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 whopper. <laughs> Sounds like a great start to the morning. It, I love it. It was out of my head until you said it. And so now thanks. welcome back. Now I'm going to be singing it for the rest of the so day. So I never want to change it. It is top three jingles of all time. Wow. It's so simply stupid. Beautiful. Beautiful. Stupid mm-hmm. that it works. <laughs> yep. All right. What are you guys not changing? Oh, boy. You go under me. Um, I think... I said this before and Brennan thought it was hot, but hot. I'm a hot take. Hot take. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it's going to make it worse what you're about to say. <laughs> but I don't think I'd ever change like my style again. Like I used to wear like because of my insecurity, super tight clothing because I didn't want people like, I don't know. I just felt like I looked extremely weird in baggy clothing and now it's oh. all I wear. And so I was like super uncomfortable if anything was loose on me. Huh. And hmm. now it's like I only wear triple xl <laughs> shirts and yeah things. so your style yeah i well, ain't changing never changing when we got crewnecks i checked through the order form i was helping to organize them <laughs> and dylan's order came through and it was a triple xl <laughs> yep and i was like i texted him i said did you mean to order a triple xl and he's you betcha keep it baggy <laughs> so you probably should wear like a small like if you wear into your um, size 
No, I, you're a medium I, guy, right? Yeah, okay. medium large. I've thrown on a couple yeah, you got t-shirts. Kinda, you got some length. Yeah, a couple oh, t-shirts that, that, like, before I changed style, then I'm like, who? That's a little crop tight. top. Yeah, anytime you sit down, your entire back's hanging out. And, uh, <laughs> get the draft of the backside, and it's not That's great. not what you want. No. <laughs> no. Jana, what are you not right. changing? As much hate as I get for this. I, if you say egg salad, I will be I so mad. will never not be passionate that egg salad is amazing. Nope. That was what I was going to nope. say. Nope. I don't care. You guys can hate Dylan, me for the we'll rest cut of my life. You can cancel me. We'll cut that later. So I if you would like it. to join us in praying for Jaina. Um, <laughs> Just at least go chicken salad. No, that's worse. Anyways, let's move on. <laughs> we can't, we're not going to change her. All right. No. So if we're going to experience change, usually the thing when it comes to walking in faith is that we desire transformation mm-hmm. um, and we want transformation in Jesus. That's what we're called to, but we struggle to find it. So we're going to hit a few uh, areas in the, in the ways to change, how to, how to get there um, and just kind of wrestle with the tension of what does it mean to change um, through our faith, through Jesus. So the first thing is just having the desire to change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone want to hit it? Yeah. I, I, I think really what we're talking about this conversation is that Jesus has called us to a, a new, a new kingdom, mm-hmm. a new way of living. Yeah. That to become a Christian is to change radically who you are as a person, mm-hmm. not to change necessarily your personality, mm-hmm. not to necessarily change what God has gifted you in, but to change the way you live life. Like you have a new set of purpose, like God has called you to to live life uh, for his purposes rather than your own, which is what you would have been doing pre-God. Like yeah. Yeah. your identity changes, how you value yourself changes, like your relationships, everything changes about you when you become a Christian. And that's a gradual process most yeah. of the time, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, I had a conversation with a guy last week who he said one night he became a Christian. The next morning he woke up expected to be 100% different. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily how it works. You know, there, yeah. there might be some freedom that experiences like immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, you might struggle with something and then you bec- you come to Christ and you never struggle with that again. That Like, praise God. But for the most part, we're on this long journey of change. Yet the tension is that in that is that I don't know, I don't know if I can put a percentage on it or even majority, minority, but like people struggle to change. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So the first part of this really is if we're supposed to be changing, you know, there's aspects of our lives that Jesus is renewing, he's redeeming, he's leading us into a new way of being, but yet too often we find ourselves stuck in an old way of being, Mm -hmm. unable to overcome those things. And first point, I'm eventually going to get there. <laughs> You're setting it up. Is sometimes we just lack the desire to change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The passage that I've always resonated with when it comes to this is from John 5. Jesus has approached the pool. Um, it's the the healing at the pool is what the passage is called. And he sees this man who's li- lying on a mat. And if you know the story, essentially he's laid there for most of his life. And the pool had this mystic quality to it that they believed when the water bubbled, whoever got into the pool first would experience a healing. So there's invalids and and paralytic people and people struggling with disease and sickness and blindness and deafness. They're they're all laying and hanging out at the pool, hoping that when it bubbles, they can somehow be the first person in and experience this miraculous healing. Yet there's this man who's been paralyzed, laying on the mat, unable to ever find the healing. And the question Jesus asks him, that blows my mind. I would never have the boldness to ask this. (laughs) Is he just asked, do you want to get well? And as I read that, I'm just like so dumbfounded because he's paralyzed. Mm -hmm. He spent his whole life living there waiting to get into the pool. Like, of course, this guy wants to get well, right? 
But Jesus asks that almost in a rhetorical to get him to reflect kind of way because the actions of him laying there year after year, day after day, like, and never experiencing it showed that maybe he didn't want to get well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That he wasn't taking different steps. He wasn't trying anything new. He didn't really have the hope of the pool anymore. So he just had settled into his broken circumstance rather than pursuing something else. Yeah. So Jesus asks him to prompt him to, to reflect, to say, do I really want to get well? And eventually the man says yes, and Jesus answers his statement of faith with a healing. Mm-hmm. And he stands, he gets up, and he walks away. He, he leaves that place walking for maybe the first time in his life. And that question, I think Jesus prompts it to us. Yeah. When it comes to these areas of transformation, maybe you're battling a, a sin that you can think of right now, something that you know the Father has asked you to get rid of. But the question is, do you want to get well? Do you really want to change? Do you want to go through the hard work? Do you want to put in all the other things that will say the different tasks or, or um, resources? Do you really want to to live in the way of Jesus when it comes to that? What else would you guys add after my mini sermon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's um, kind of this balance when it comes to change between grace and willpower. Mm. And there's probably people that are going to hear that and be like, nope. That doesn't make sense. Mm. But there's a reality that God wants to, in his grace, heal. Yeah. And he will. And he Mm -hmm. can. He can speak that miracle in an instant. We see that in this story. But Jesus takes this moment to say, do you want to? Are you willing? Will you put in the willpower to do that? And so how do you continue um, in that? I think of like Romans 7 when Paul makes this whole list. And I am not going to be able to say this correctly without reading it, but he says, the things I want to do, I don't do, basically. Yes. And the things I don't want to do, I do. That's good. That's okay. a great summary. <laughs> I always struggle. Even reading it, I'm like, get tripped up. Yeah, Paul's, but, Paul's do-do list. Do-do list. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's this reality that that you have to trust in the grace of God, but then also be willing to put in the work, like Brennan already mm-hmm. said. Mm-hmm. Um, but even in that, how do you... Um, if you want to change, even evaluate what's your reason. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes our reason for why we want to change can be for the wrong reason. Um, in Matthew 6, Jesus says to be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So why do you want to change? Is it for the right reasons? Or is it to receive glory for yourself from the people around you or to be known for something that people will deem as as good or whatever? Yeah. And I... That I want to go back to that grace and willpower thing just for a second because when you look at Jesus' healings, he does 98.9% of the work, 99% yeah. of the work. Like he mm-hmm. almost does the whole entire healing, like the mirror, the man on the mat. But the man on the mat still had to stand up, mm-hmm. right? Jesus says, take up your mat and walk. The man stands up, his limbs, his muscles are restored. Mm-hmm. You see the, the instance where the other man on the mat is being lowered through the roof. Like he still had to ask his friends to bring him to that place. They still had to put in the work to put him through the roof to get him to Jesus. Mm-hmm. You see the man who uh, has the crippled hand in the temple and uh, Jesus is, says, stretch out your hand. Again, he has to actually do the work of stretching his hand. You see the woman who's bleeding in Mark 5 who has to mm-hmm. push through the crowd to get to Jesus. You've got the... Um, Jairus' daughter, who's who's dying, who's dead, who the father actually has to go to Jesus. So mm-hmm. there's these little instances, and nearly every single one, I, I would maybe say every single one of Jesus' healing, where the person being healed puts in some effort. And that's where we can struggle as Christians, because it is by grace. Mm-hmm. Like, God will heal you, he will transform you, he will change you by his grace. But there's something required of you mm-hmm. in that. 
even if that only thing is a simple belief that it yes. can be possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Saying that yes. man had to yeah. be able to say, I can, like, mm-hmm. I believe I will be able to stand yeah. knowing that he had never stood before. Mm-hmm. But so, in yeah. other instances, it might even be more. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right? Some of the conversation we're going to talk about of prayer, community, temptation, knowledge, resources, some of these other things will hit. Like you have to be willing to go there and to mm-hmm. do those things. I think sometimes we lean more towards the miracle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That we say, okay, let's let's even get some examples going here. Like struggling with drunkenness and partying, you know, and you're saying, I want to change. I don't want to struggle with this. But you're not willing to change a friend group. Mm-hmm. You're not willing to remove alcohol from your purchasing. You're or you're not you're not buying alcohol anymore. You're you're not willing to um tell someone about the struggle you're wrestling with. You're not so all of those things might be steps that God, by his grace, is trying to empower mm-hmm. you to step into that ultimately his grace will help deliver you from that. Yeah. But you're going to have to just, st- and what we pray and what we hope is one day I'll just wake up and I'll never have the desire to drink alcohol mm-hmm. again. And that happens sometimes. Yeah. But sometimes it's God in his partnership with us, reliant on f- us relying on, on him for faith, us giving faith to him. I've said that even wrong there. <laughs> us coming to him with faith. To start that process and to continue that journey of healing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah All right. Definitely. Yeah. I even think too, it's like we can have the expectation that like, oh, if we're struggling with laziness, the spirit is literally going to grab my hand and physically rip me out of bed. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you still have to wake up in the morning. You still got to, you know, get up, get ready. And That's good. Because yeah. it. mm-hmm. it's not just about avoiding sin. No. Some no. of this desire to change is to desire to live in righteousness. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's so, like people always say, if you ask God to give you patience, he's mm-hmm. going to put you in situations to be patient. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, 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 That's so good because, you know, I want to read my Bible, right? People say mm-hmm. that. I, I wish I could pray more. I, w- I wish that I met with more people. I wish I went to small group. And you're like, okay, I get that. But in the same way, you got to put yourself in the gym mm-hmm. and you got to show up to class and you got to study for the test. You're going to have to put some work in. Yeah. You're going to have to reach into your backpack and grab your Bible. Yeah, my Bible mm-hmm. does not magically <laughs> land on the table in front of me at Cool Beans on Monday mornings. It doesn't happen. Nope. I got to get myself out of bed. I got to set the alarm. I got to create time. I got to change my schedule. I got to show up. I got to pull it out. I got to pray and prepare my heart. Like mm-hmm. That's all pre-work that I'm doing based on God's grace enabling me to do that. Mm-hmm. But right, we got to put in that work. And yeah. also when it comes to the desire to change, we have to also like be willing to desire like change so much in order to to be okay with sacrifice. Mm. That in the totally. same way with yeah. sacrificing our desire. Oh, I just want to hit the snooze button one more time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I, like, I don't want to go to that meeting. Like, I just want to stay at home. Like, yeah. oh, I don't, I'm too tired to read my Bible. I can't like, can mm-hmm. I, like whatever it may be that we start to make these excuses and we start like stop sacrificing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that like, we start to hesitate to be put through the refiner's fire, which is what it's going to take to get us to like, look like Jesus to, to be changed. Mm-hmm. That, metal when it's refined is put in with its impurities into a blazing furnace where there's heat there's testing like there's this uncomfortableness about mm-hmm. it yeah but it's pulled out it's checked there's yeah there's a lot uh, the crap beat out of it yeah you're <laughs> beating the crap out of it um we're not you, praying that for you no, no just kidding <laughs> but removing the the impurities mm-hmm. until until that there's a, a clear image that when mm-hmm. the refiner looks in the refined metal, whatever, maybe sees his own image, mm-hmm. that it is so clear, so pure that he can see his own image. Yeah. Same thing with Jesus that he's putting into the refiner fire, um, expecting sacrifice that we got to give up. We got to find joy in our sufferings, as James would say, um, and, and be okay with that. Find joy in that. Be like, you know what? This sucks, but 
I'm going to get patience out mm-hmm. of it. I'm yeah. going to be more courageous out of this, like whatever mm-hmm. it may be to rejoice in those sufferings. Yeah. yeah. And we got to keep moving on, but I think this is the, 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 the space where it all starts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's why I'm okay spending even a, a little bit longer here is because if we, if we aren't willing to desire it, mm-hmm. if we're not willing to partner with God in change, all the rest of what we'll talk about doesn't matter. Yep. Yeah. Right. It all starts here with your heart and your heart being changed, you wanting and longing. And what you said, I, I think, again, is so insightful because it's it's easy to say if there was just this one option on the table, I'd choose it. Mm-hmm. Right. If, if Bible reading was I knew what I needed to do or scripture memory or or prayer or whatever discipline. But it's not just the only option on the table. Mm-hmm. There's a thousand other options because the same time you, you could spend reading your Bible, you could be on TikTok. You could watch Netflix, you could read a book, you could hang out with friends, you could sleep in. So there's all these plethora of options on the table, and we have to desire the one more than all those other mm-hmm. ones in order to experience the change. Yeah. I listened to this podcast one time. Uh, an author described the only two reasons he believed, and I don't know if I agree to this extreme, the only two reasons he believed people changed was one, they hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. That they literally experienced the depths of despair and realized they needed to change, or they truly valued the alternative as a better option. That in the status quo of life, when we're just going along, it's really hard for us to change because things are just okay. Mm -hmm. So unless we really value something else better, or we find our current situation is totally abysmal, our hearts Mm -hmm. aren't always captivated and moved. Anyways, let's move on. Number two. All right. Who's going for it? Next thing, prayer. It's the great place to start. Matthew 7, verse 7 and 8 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everybody who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks the door will be opened. And in this, uh, Richard Foster has a great quote. that says, to pray is to change. That with the desire we, we go to the Father, um, we, we ask for that change. We say, hey, I want to I co-labor with you in my change in, in the uh, um, in the pursuit of righteousness, sanctification, all of that. Yeah. Um, and even John Wesley um, would say that prayer is where the action is. Mm-hmm. Um, that we can strive all we want in our own merit, in our own will, in our own. But if we don't sit down and pray, mm-hmm. there's no action to it. Yeah. And then I think that's where people who would hear us use the word willpower would probably be, I don't know if annoyed's the right word, but like think we were wrong Mm. to say it's not by our own power. It's by God's power. Mm -hmm. And that, yes it is. And we've talked through that. Yeah. Um, But prayer is where that starts to Mm -hmm. say, to surrender all those things we talked about to come before the Holy spirit and Mm -hmm. to say, I, I want this and Mm -hmm. I need your help in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And even then you got to choose to pray. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Isn't that Mm -hmm. the weird part of it? Like you got to choose to go to the, the father in prayer where he will make, and prayer feels passive oftentimes, mm-hmm. right? For example, you're struggling with temptation and you've got just lust as an example. You're struggling with lust and you're like, okay, I, I could remove this or I can invite this accountability or I can make sure that I'm not looking at those sites or, or I can really turn off my phone at this hour. Like we start mm-hmm. to put in all these action things when prayer feels passive, mm-hmm. when we say, Actually, maybe the best place to start is to come to the Father and say, hey, will you change my heart here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Will you empower me by my, your spirit to live in a new way? Will you 
um, heal me of this, transform me, lead me into your righteousness in something that's better for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's such a beautiful starting place, but we, we're prone to action. Yeah. And prayer yeah. can feel passive, mm-hmm. but it's not. Prayer is powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not only the starting point, but it's the continuation. It's all 100%. throughout. So it's good. the best starting point. Good. It's where you should start, but it's also you mm-hmm. don't just leave it at the beginning. It and also, when you experience the change, when you experience the healing, it still continues mm. in the form of praise. Yeah. That we can say, ah, thanks, God, and then move on. But it's like, mm-hmm. no, like continue to to give him thanks, to give him praise for that. Oh, totally. Yeah. That's so good. And like, good. I, personally, I remember when I came here to college my freshman year, my first semester, Throughout high school, I had always been someone who was in like a party crowd. So we went to a lot of parties. Like I, I remember drinking a lot in high school and I came to college and I had those same tendencies in me. And one of my roommates was one of my buddies from high school. And so we started college really partying together and I knew I wanted to live differently. I knew mm-hmm. the Lord was calling me to a new season of life that would not have that as a part of it, but I still had the desire to go and to do those things. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was fun yeah. for me then. Yeah. It was what I was doing. It was my community. It was all of these different things. So my prayer changed. My prayer changed from Lord deliver me to, from this to Lord change my heart so I no longer want this. Yeah. Mm. Cuz I knew as long as I desired that, I wouldn't be able to overcome it. Mm-hmm. Mm. I needed to first like cuz there was a ton of people around me. I had friends and pastors who were who wanted it really bad for me. You know, they saw me struggling in that and they wanted bad for me to f- experience God's healing, but I didn't know if I wanted it for myself. Mm-hmm. And so I started to pray, just change my heart, lead me to something else. And I remember distinctively my f- first semester of college, I went home for Christmas or Thanksgiving break. And I went to this party with a lot of people that I used to hang out with from high school. And I was in that party. And for the first time in my life, I thought, this is pointless. Like, why mm-hmm. am I here? Mm-hmm. Nobody's asked me an intentional question. I have no desire to ask anybody intentional questions. Like, There's no fruit in relationship coming from this. We've done this same thing for six years. It's literally, Mm -hmm. we're just replaying the same night over and over again. Like, and I sat there and I thought, this is the answer to prayer right here. Mm -hmm. I'm at this party and it sucks. Mm -hmm. And I remember I gave away the bottle of alcohol that I owned. I never bought another bottle of alcohol. Like, I don't think I ever attended a party again. Like, but it was that moment where I finally through prayer experienced God's healing in my heart that led led Mm -hmm. me and empowered me to change. Mm -hmm. And I just, man, it was crazy. Super good testimony. Next one? Yeah. Should we continue on? Yep. Keep rolling. Community. This is a big one. We just talked about it two uh, it been two days ago. Yeah, two days ago. Yeah. Um, with friendship in XOXO, um, that it is so important to have good friends around you. We talked through um, Daniel 3, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, Job's friends, and Paul, Barnabas, and Mark. PB&M. He's... <laughs> Still going to work trying. on that. <laughs> That's uh, one of the things you should give up on. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Look, you two both chuckled. It's coming around. It was a pity laugh. Yeah. No, it's good. I'll take a pity laugh. <laughs> okay, anyway. but <laughs> what, what's important in, in change is having friends that empower you. Um, like Brennan said, being surrounded by the friends that will continue to feed you um, into your desires, that will continue to lead back into the temptation um, or into your old ways are not great. Uh, that they can be hindering a, a hindering spot, or as Paul explained in First Corinthians, um, a um, stumbling block. First Corinthians eight nine through ten says, "Be careful, however, that um, the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone with a weak conscience sees you with all your knowledge eating an idol's temple, won't that person be emboldened to eat what is sacrificed to idols?" Basically, what Paul is saying is like, if 
you're doing something that's going to make someone else struggle with sin, like that's not going to help them. Like that is just hindering them in their faith walk. And so it's important to have the the friends that will empower you. Um, as Hebrews 10, 24 says, spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Like if your friends aren't pushing you farther towards Christ, if they aren't pushing you to, to change for, um, for godliness, then like those aren't the people that you should uh, surround yourself by. There's a pastor, I think it's maybe JP that says, show me your five um, best friends. I'll show you your future. That Yeah, it's pretty common t- quote, yeah, but yeah, yeah. A ton of people. Um, but yeah, it's the people that who surround you are going to shape you. So mm-hmm. if you're going to continue to stay surrounded by the, the party crowd, you're probably still going to be pushed back into the parties. Mm-hmm. But if you're surrounded by a group of friends who are going to continue, like, bring you to church, like, hang out with you, pray with you, like, read scripture with you, like, mm-hmm. have those hard, tough conversations and personally invest in you, like, those are the people that are going to help lead the change in you mm-hmm. that are going to help bring that change about that are going to partner with God with you so that you can change. Yeah. Yeah. What's well, maybe personal examples for you guys as you've looked, walked through community, mm-hmm. trying to experience change um, and places where you've maybe been hindered by those that you are friends with or empowered by those you've been friends with. I think a big one for me is um, in college. I was surrounded by a lot of people um, who had negative views about the church and let that influence how they talked about the church and that influenced how I felt about the church. Mm -hmm. So it took me a long time to accept a call into ministry because I did not want to be in the local church. Mm. Um, And I think once God kind of got a hold of that and I um, was around friends who didn't speak of the church that way and began to speak of the life and um, yeah, just the presence of God in the church. So then I was able to see like, I've been clouded by the people around me. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. What do you think, Dylan? Yeah, I think, I mean, um, my three closest friends, like they are the ones that do this, that we meet every week. And our goal is to like help push one another, that we'll continually pray for one another. Mm. Like, um, can't really think specifically of one, but there's like been many times where it's just like, okay, I've desired to like, be better like in my discipline i said like i just like i remember there's a time where it's like it was just really hard for me to pray like i couldn't set aside time and they're, they're the ones that would say like hey like have you prayed like like uh text me like hey like can you pray for this and just like helping me mm-hmm. in that yeah, prompting you yeah. Yeah. yeah they're spurring you on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and so that's super helpful and like we do that and it's just a continual like pushing one another towards christ mm-hmm. one of the things i said and in the sermon the week prior that you guys can go listen to on friendship was that I, the role of Christians and non-Christians in your life when it comes to friendship just needs to look different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That in this same transformation where I was praying for for God to change my heart that first freshman year of college, one of the things I was also praying for simulta- simultaneously was that he would raise up a group, group of Christian friends for me to walk life with. Mm-hmm. That I recognized if I was going to do this faith thing, I needed other people, other yeah. brothers to lock arms with mm-hmm. and to, to live in that way with. But it was also, it was a season that I don't know if people necessarily recognize that when you get called into Christianity, when you become a Christian, there might be a season where you have to remove from yourself all temptation of non-Christians. Mm. Like I think that's a really hard truth, that you've lived your life with these people, but when you first become a Christian, you're you're pretty weak in your faith. Like You have faith, but it hasn't been strengthened. You haven't mm-hmm. built up your faith muscle yet. You don't know theology. You don't know doctrine. You don't know practices. You're an infant, as Paul describes you, in faith. And when you're an infant, you're very easily swayed. Mm-hmm. And so the same people you used to be with 
though they might be great, they might be funny, they might be fun, you might need a break from those people in order to like incubate yourself among Christian communities so that you can get strengthened. Mm -hmm. So that at one point, God can call you back into those relationships with non-Christians so that you can actually have an impact there. But for me, one of the things that was so hard is I, I didn't have that separation right away. So I lived this double life for so long mm-hmm. where my non-Christian friends knew me as a Christian, but my life didn't change. So they saw me modeling this version of Christianity that wasn't actually Christianity. It was hypocrisy. Yeah. And my Christian friends were frustrated because they knew I was a Christian, but I was still living as a non-Christian. So everybody, mm-hmm. nobody was satisfied by this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like we think, oh, but our non-Christian friends will be mad if we leave or we, ex- or we distance ourselves from a period. But they're already going to be mad because you're being a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. You're saying you have this new life, but you're not modeling it. Yeah. So what does it look like for us to strengthen ourselves, to step away so that we can actually step back into relationship with non-Christians in a way that is fruitful for them and for us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, just another Brennan tangent. <laughs> Let's do the next That's one. That's good. Just keep oh, rolling. All right. <laughs> You're yeah. crushing it, yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> number five, temptation. First Corinthians ten thirteen says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful that he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Again, like when it comes to temptation, when we are brought about um, in, in places where we want to change, and there's, of course, going to be a struggle. There's going to be tension there. Um, but God in his faithfulness is going to try and provide a way out. Not only will he try, he will. Yeah. And it's in our own faith, in our own trust, have to like follow God in that. Mm-hmm. He's going to provide a way and, and um, it's in our obedience that we take the steps to follow him in that. Um, and so we have to trust. I mean, that, that's a huge mm-hmm. part. Um, and, and being able to recognize temptation is a huge, huge part of this and being yeah. able to fight it. That's good. And so knowing, okay, what's, what's the cue that, that will tempt me? Yeah. Like, what's the, what's the trigger? We'll use the yeah, button. Yeah. What's the trigger that's going to lead me down the wrong path? Is it mm-hmm. seeing the snooze button? That's way too close to my bed. Mm-hmm. Like, do you need to put your phone on the other side of the like room so you actually have to get up? Like same thing with like um, like lustful temptation. Like, do you have to shut off your phone at some time at night? Do you have to like put it somewhere uh, like across your room, wherever? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but, like, what is the trigger points? Recognize it and then take action against it. Mm-hmm. Um, so as soon as you know, oh, I'm going to be tempted in this space. Okay. What's your action? Of course, mm-hmm. we know that the action's in prayer. So go first to prayer, ask God, and then take continued steps mm-hmm. in faith to go away from that. Mm-hmm. I think too of when you're desiring to change, and especially when it comes to finding temptation, you might find that the temptation becomes greater. Yep, yeah, for because sure. Satan doesn't mind if you're a lukewarm Christian. Satan doesn't mind if you say, I'm a Christian, but your life doesn't reveal mm-hmm. it. That doesn't matter. It, you're winning for him yeah, at that point. Yeah, Your yeah, hypocrisy yeah. is winning for him. Yes. He doesn't mind if you sit there. It's when you truly desire to change and you pursue it that you're fighting against him and he will continually try to bring you down. And so the temptation might get harder yeah. when you are trying to change. And that's where the prayer is going to come back in. You got to be reminded of your desire. You got to mm-hmm. continue to have community around you who surround you and empower you. That's so good. Yeah. And I think one of them is just like, How do we remove temptation at all costs? Mm. Like going back to this desire, if we truly want to get well, it will take radical obedience and Mm. radical ridding ourselves of temptation. Mm. 
For example, one sin that I think has become normative in a lot of Christian circles is just disunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? That is a sin. To, mm-hmm. James has told us to do to not do what is right is a sin. So if we know unity is the call, if we pursue disunity, it's a sin. Mm-hmm. And so we turn. If you have social media, and you find yourself divisive on social media. You scroll past a post and there's a, a, a pain in your heart because you're angry at that person or you, you throw a comment here or you you find yourself really impassioned about something and, and it's leading you to love others less. All these aspects of disunity, they're feeding you sin and to look for change is to say, maybe I can't be on social media. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Maybe I can't read the news. Like some people are like, well, but then I'll be ignorant. No, no, you'll be fine. <laughs> like you'll catch the main stuff. Like in today's mm-hmm. day, like everybody is... Constantly talking about the main things. Like you don't need to know every single political move that's happening. Like maybe you need to cut the news out. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to remove that podcast from your feed. Maybe you need to unfollow that person. Like yeah. what are what does it look to radically remove temptation? Mm-hmm. Like one of the things when well, if we go back to like a pornography use, like pornography is an addiction that plagues our generation that now has virtual p- pornography on their phone in a way that um, previous generations did not. Like the numbers for pornography addiction are astronomical it's crazy but what does it look like to radically remove temptation in that mm-hmm. you know because mm-hmm. when you're feeling tempted you're you're feeling pretty weak you know that's not like you that's your strongest moment you're going to be able to use your willpower there how do you use your willpower in the grace of god in, in spaces where you are healthy to set up the passcode on your phone to download covenant eyes to to delete that app and or to maybe like make your smartphone a dumb phone maybe it is to mm-hmm. get a non uh, internet phone maybe it's to set on your wi-fi i know you can do this you can set times where the wi-fi shuts off and you can't use the wi-fi after a period amount like and you're like wow that's i don't mm-hmm. know like mm-hmm. you gonna tell me to go get a block phone maybe that's what it takes yeah, yeah. do you want to get well Mm-hmm. You know, you're telling me I got to tell my parents so that we have to pay for this software so that they can have access to my computer so they know I'm not. Maybe. Maybe. Right. And you're like, well, that's awkward. And that's weird. It's like, you want to get well? Yeah. It might take that grind. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's good. Yeah. Mic drop. I got another <laughs> one. I'm going again. If we're going to leave space, I'm going again. Because yep. I-, I used to. I heard this for the from a pastor one time, and I used to really wrestle with it, and now I've examined it in my life, and I know it to be true. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, when, God, when it says God is faithful, and he will always provide a way for you to overcome temptation, that he never tempts you, the enemy tempts you, but yet he is providing a way. When you are walking down a road of sin, like... Sin doesn't start exactly with an action. It starts yeah. men- mm-hmm. it starts mentally, and you and you you take actions that lead yourself. Like any single sin you're talking about in your life, it will prepare you prior. Like you have mm-hmm. walked yeah. that road for a little bit. Yeah. In every single one of those instances, look for the off ramp. A hundred percent of the time, God will give you the thought. He will give you a way out. He every single time, He is faithful. Yeah. You will have an off ramp. You to get off the path and to choose righteousness. And it will happen in that moment. Do you choose it? Mm-hmm. Do you choose it? Like mm-hmm. and that again is the hard part. Is because we, we we feel like, okay, we we took the first step of temptation and it's like a sunk cost. We're like, well, screw it. You know, I'm, I've already done this. I've mm-hmm. already had the first drink, and so I'm gonna keep going, or mm-hmm. I've already opened the website, so I'm gonna keep going, or I've already been prideful, so I'll just double down on the story. Like but in the midst of taking that first step, God will provide you yeah. a way to avoid that temptation in an off-ramp. Yeah. It just becomes the boldness and the courage to take it. Mm-hmm. And I think a, 
another temptation on the temptation that we need to steer clear from is using God's grace as an excuse. Saying like, yes, I've made it so that far, but it's okay. God's going to forgive me. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to keep going. I miss this off ramp. I'll get the next one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, serious. Which is good. Or, there is another one. Or yeah, I've been but, good. I've been good for yeah, a long, yeah. a, a good period of time. I, I deserve this or I need this or it's not mm-hmm. that big of a deal. Paul, Romans 6 says, what shall we say then? Shall we keep on sinning that grace may abound? Yeah. By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can mm. we live in it any longer? Like, the option of sin is not open for us as Christians. Yeah. Not even a small minuscule amount of it. Yeah. We've called to live a new life. Let's bring it home. That's super good. We got one more. We're going to let Dylan wrap it up. Yeah. All right. Crushing it. You keep <laughs> going. <Taking> this one. <laughs> so we need the knowledge and resources on top of all that. Um, that going to the resource of the Bible, we go to Joshua one uh, and it says, keep this book. Uh, of the law always on your lips meditate on it meditate on it day and night so that you'll be careful to keep everything written in it then you'll be prosperous and successful and so in this as we as we look through scripture the best resource that we have is the written word of god Mm -hmm. like god has been so kind to have his words written down so that we can read so that we can continue to meditate on it to keep it on our lips to to memorize it, go back a couple podcasts, our scripture memory podcast. That is so powerful that when temp- when temptation comes, that to immediately pop up some of these verses that we've just gone through are going to be incredibly helpful to, to keep thinking through these verses that we've walked through of like, okay, I want to change. So I need to maybe go read John 5, Romans 7, Matthew 7, Hebrews 10, 1 Corinthians 8, 1 Corinthians 10, Joshua 1, like whatever it may be, go back, meditate on it, read it, memorize it. Um, it's the best resource we have. Otherwise, there's, there's books, sermons. Can I jump in quick? Go for it. I would say use your resources in the fact of let Google serve you. Yeah. Mm. Like what, you what, what's something you're struggling with right now? Google that. Google Bible verses on blank and you will get a list and you have to look <laughs> through them. You know, they're not all perfect, but you will get a list. Pick one verse yep. mm-hmm. and memorize that. Commit it to your mind because when you find that temptation, most of the time when you have that temptation, the first thing you're not going to do is pull out your Bible. Mm-hmm. Right, you're not gonna be like, okay, I'm feeling uh, a little bit prideful right now. Let me open my Bible and let me flip to Proverbs and see what it says about. Pro- no, you're not doing that. Like you're <laughs> in the mid- you're living life. Yeah, you know, you're like yeah. you're in the middle of your class, your presentation. You, you're you're walking down the hallway. You see someone else. You start to 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 judge someone else, and you, you need a, a verse on judgment, but you you don't have that. You can't pull. You're not you're not most likely pulling out your phone, and you're not gonna whip out your Bible and search through every single page to find. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But if you commit it to your mind. Yeah. When the enemy is pushing, he when he's prowling around, when he wants to steal, kill, and destroy from you in those moments, you have a weapon to fight back against him, and you don't even have to go anywhere for it. You've locked it in your mind. That's mm-hmm. the power of scripture memory. Yeah. Right. So that's so Google it like yeah. right now. Like Google your verse on lust, on pride, on judgment, on on on, on shame, on on whatever. Google it. Get a verse. Write it down. Put it on your phone background. Put it on your mirror. Get it tattooed on you. No, don't do that yet. <laughs> Make sure it matters to you first. But do what you need to do to commit it to your mind yeah. so that it will bless you mm-hmm. in the way God's mm-hmm. word is meant to. Yeah. The word of God Super. is a double-edged sword or sharper than any double-edged sword. So good. It's used for defense and offense. Used mm-hmm. to protect and take ground. Get it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now you keep going. All right. <laughs> so finishing off book resources. I mean, there's a book on everything. Go find one from a trusted pastor, from yeah. whoever that uh, like. You can walk through. Um, maybe if there's a friend, walk through it with a friend. Like there you go. Whatever do uh, usually at Grace Point, we're walking through a book here too. Like right now, we're going through the book Good, Beautiful, and Kind, mm-hmm. um, which is about healing. 
So that's a great, if you're looking for healing, if you're looking for change, oh. I mean, mm-hmm. shout out. If you're looking for book recs, hit us up. Yeah. yeah. We always got some good book recommendations. Another book rec po- podcast. Yeah, let's do it. That was fun. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, sermons. Um, shout out to YouTube. Go check us out there. Vimeo? V- mm. <laughs> <laughs> Almost got it. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> sorry, Vimeo. Sorry. Um, and then podcasts. Um, there's a ton of great podcasts out there totally that you can, can go listen to. They got some great resources. Yeah. So, no, You're not in this fighting alone. No. no. You know, you got a whole, that's what the church is, right? Yeah. The church mm-hmm. is this body of believers coming together to try to build each other up. And yeah, it's got its faults. It's got its flaws. But when it's working at its best, it is the, the body of Christ working together to pursue transformation in God's kingdom here on earth. And so use your resources, mm-hmm. your Bible, mm-hmm. your people, your sermons, your podcasts, like, like reach out to us, like. Connect with Mm -hmm. the things that you need so that you feel equipped to fight the battle that you're in. Mm -hmm. One thing we forgot, small groups. Yeah. Yeah. So good. This is incredibly helpful in this conversation Mm -hmm. that go to your small group leader, say like, hey, like I've been struggling with this. Can we grab coffee? And I would just want to talk about it. Like that's that desire to change and taking action to do it um, will be a huge, huge help. So don't don't throw away that community. That's good. Yeah. Super good. Any last thoughts? No. I don't know. That was good. Wise words. Proverbs from the people. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I just think like Jesus people are on the pursuit of change. Mm -hmm. Like we are never meant to be stagnant. Like where you're at right now, I've always had this quote in my mind. It's you're not who you used to be, but you're not yet who you're meant to be. Yep. Mm-hmm. that we are on this road of progress, this transformation journey that, yes, we can look back and say, look at all the things God delivered me from, but we need to look into the future and have hope and dream and have purpose for what he wants to lead us into. Mm-hmm. So don't be content mm-hmm. with where you're at. Be yeah. be, be, grat- be grateful. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get shameful and, and beat yourself up too much, but like long for more. Long for God's desire and his, his righteousness on all areas of your life and then see what Jesus will do with it's that. Content was the other C word. Uh, um, 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 content versus complacent. No, it's that, yes, I'm content with where I'm at, but I'm still wanting more. I, I flip it the other way. I said, I, I, I typically say, don't be complacent, but be content. Yes. Yeah, so like complacency yep, is yep, this yep, like, yep, oh, yep. I'm here and like, it's fine. Versus contentment is usually like, okay, I'm here and like, that's a good space to be, mm-hmm. but wanting more. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yes, cool. Sweet. There you go. That's it. Peace out. Bye. Bye. See you next week.